We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high hello, everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me as per usual, is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle's senior NFL draft analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. Eric, obviously things have gotten crazy here in Broncos country, while also nothing has changed. That might be the thing that scares me the most right now, is the fact that we've gone over a week without any new, like solid concrete head coaching news. Um, there's been no new interviews. There's been a lot of rumors and um, misinformation kind of thrown around out there. How are you doing hanging in there? Uh, I'm doing good. And yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the way that this it's been over the last week is rather disappointing. Like last week, things seem to be heating up. You know, D'Amico Ryan's had his had a great interview. Things seem to be moving forward that we're going to get second interview sometime this week. And instead, they've just sat on their butts. Like all week long, they've sat on, they've been sitting on their butts. And then today it comes out that the Texans are seemingly, you know, favoriting D'Amico Ryans as a thing. And now there's this weird rush from multiple reports that are coming out about the Broncos to want to try to get a head coach hired soon. Well, then why did you just spend the last few days sitting on your butt doing nothing? And as John Juno comes in with a $5 donation, which we super appreciate, says a piece by Predominantly Orange says a potential mystery candidate has also been thrown into the mix. Who could that be and why not announce who it is? Well, Mike Kliz was the one who initially put this out there in a tweet a little while ago. And there's a few things about it. And as Scott says in the chat, it's it's BS. It's They're trying to do this to cover their tracks a little bit meeting like they i know a lot of people are throwing out guys employed by other teams i know jonathan gannon's been thrown out there i know um kellen moore's been mentioned they're not talking with somebody employed by another team like they're just not you have to ask for permission for them even though they can't be blocked you still ask for permission there are too many people that would have to be involved in that where it wouldn't get it would get leaked like you're not keeping that quiet and for former coaches and stuff like that like Again, there's too many people that are involved. It's going to leak out there. There have been plenty of leaks to this. Some of them, I mean, one thing to always remember when it comes with information in the NFL, things change rather quickly. I mean, yesterday it seemed like the Texans were zeroing in on Jonathan Gannon, and then there was this flip to where this morning it's D'Amico Ryans. So 
it, I, I don't, I'm not really believing there's a mystery candidate out there. I think it's them trying to cover their own butts a little bit. And just because, well, as the title is, they, I wouldn't say bungled exactly this, but this, these owners, they wanted to make a huge swing at head coach. They wanted to land someone big and they failed to do that. Sean Payton seems to be out of the picture. John Harbaugh returned back to Harbaugh returned back to Michigan and Dan Quinn is staying in Dallas. Those are the three big swings. They limited their coaching searches. Like there's just so many issues with this. So why I wouldn't say bungled per se, they've definitely mishandled this whole hire, this whole process from the beginning. You're, you're absolutely correct. And th- there's, I got a super chat here from Slade jumping in here um, saying that new ownership already looks like a clown show. And I, I don't really want to like throw anybody under the bus here, but it's absolutely correct. It like, this is a like egg on your face, terrible, embarrassing first outing for this, this ownership group to go out there. And like you said, they wanted to swing big. They wanted to get Jim Harbaugh. They want like, that was their primary target was Jim Harbaugh. They wanted to get, um, Dan Quinn. They wanted to get Sean Payton. Like you're down after that to like options four, five, and six on their radar. And uh, as much love as I have for D'Amico Ryans, there was a lot of talk about him just being kind of a, I don't really want to say sham interview, but they just needed to have another guy to interview and come to find out D'Amico Ryans really kind of blew him away in his interview. And they kind of circled him as their primary candidate now that they've missed out on the three big fish that they really wanted. They didn't uh, interview a guy like Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions. They didn't interview Shane Steichen from uh, the offensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles. And they can't interview either one of those guys until after the Super Bowl per NFL rules. Like you literally cannot schedule a first interview for somebody this late in the process. So unless it is Jonathan Gannon, who they didn't talk to this year, they talked to last year, or at least George Payton did. They can come back around and potentially talk to D'Amico Ryans again next week after the NFC Championship game. But if the 49ers win, they can't even hire him until after the Super Bowl. If he doesn't want that job and he wants to go to Houston, where do you start over? Like you've got David Shaw, the former head coach of Stanford, who they interviewed before. They've got Jim Caldwell on the list as well, a a former Detroit Lion and former uh, Indianapolis Colts head coach who's widely regarded as a very good coach but he's like 68 years old. How long is he actually going to be the guy? Ajiro Evero apparently bombed his interview with the Broncos and he may not necessarily want to be around here anymore. Where does this, this organization turn to in the next phase of this, uh, in the next phase of this process, if they miss out on D'Amico Ryans, where do they turn to? They've narrowed themselves and painted themselves into a corner right now. And quite honestly, the options after D'Amico Ryans don't look that, that don't look that pleasant. It, it's, it, it is a clown show. Yeah, I mean, where I would say they where I would say they really bungled it is I was fine with the initial eight candidates. But as soon as Jim Har as soon as soon as Harbaugh said, No, I'm going back to Michigan, open it back up. Because the word going around for a long time, for two months really, almost three months now, was Sean Payton wanted three jobs and things changed when those jobs didn't open. You know, you started getting leaks from a guy who's really close to him saying that he is interested in that. Well, there was still word going around that he's just using that to try to force, you know, he essentially what the, one of the reports is that he used the Texans, the Broncos and Panthers to try to force the 
Dallas Cowboys or the Chargers to fire their head coach. Well, the Chargers advance and the or the Cowboys advance and the Chargers decide to stick with it. So when these things happen, expand your interview process a little bit. We've seen other teams do that. Your initial eight guys you interview don't have to be it, but they didn't do that. And now they're waiting and now they're stuck between a rock and a hard place to where they have to wait even longer before they can even schedule some of the first interviews with it. I know Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen are the two big popular ones, but Lou Anamaru is, um, or sorry, I totally butchered that name. The defensive coordinator for the Bengals anyways. Mm-hmm. Like he's a guy who should get a lot more attention period throughout the NFL circles for what he's done, especially from Denver. This is a guy who he has as a defensive coordinator. He has faced Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs three times and helped the Bengals walk out with three wins where he severely limited the, that offense for that they, the chiefs have. Yep. So it's just a, a lot of issues, a lot of missteps here and there. And sure, they can still come around and they can still get a home run. Maybe they go back and they revisit Harbaugh. Maybe they do go back and revisit Sean Payton, though things really do sound like they're out, which David Gil- Kilgore comes in with the $4.99 donation. Thank you, David. We appreciate that. Asking why is Payton out? Thanks, he Dave. thinks that he thought he was still a possibility. The big thing here is the leak about the issues of power in between the front office and the ownership of that. I know a lot of Broncos media are, spe- are saying that are trying to shut that down. It's true. It is It is a terribly kept secret how much control that Greg Penner wants. It's no secret. He wants to be heavily involved in everything of this process. It's why he's learning. It's why he's having guys teaching him these different things. And not just, you know, head coaching process or the hiring head coach of a head coach or general manager, but the scouting and the roster building and the financial aspect of it. He wants to be heavily involved, whereas Sean Payton wants all of the power and all of the control over it. So while he's not officially out, that is why I think he is really out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yeah. Michael Ronquillo jumping in here. Good evening, Lance and Eric on the Dev Valley Deep Divers. Go Broncos. And thank you, Michael, for joining us as you always do on every single show. And 
consequently, then after the fact, you also give us a big shout out on Twitter and whatnot. Um, thank you for all of your continued support, dude. You're a top 10 on MHH Mount, Mount Rushmore for a reason. Uh, Rock Chalk Broncos jumping in here with a generous $20. Rock Chalk, we appreciate it. Good to talk to you uh, earlier the, uh, the other day. And I think uh, a couple days ago as well uh, with the Ted Coach search, man. What a laughable mess it is. It is it is very laughable. It just seems like why why I understand the want to keep things kind of close to your vest and and not let a whole bunch of information leak because that's where um, things can get even more jumbled than the way that they already are. The fact that this there's no true direction everywhere you look, whether it's Benjamin Albright, whether it's Ian Rappaport, whether it's Adam Schefter, um, Doug Kleiman was in there the other day. You've got. Uh, um, Jeff Duncan from New Orleans uh, Times Picayune down there. Uh, Mark Maskey leaking some stuff. A lot of it coming from Colin Cowherd. There's just so much information that doesn't mean anything. It's a whole bunch of speculation at this particular point. And it's laughable that we don't have at least some kind of direction now. This, this coaching search has been going on since the 17th. So where, like, the, the lack of a direction, the lack of a, of what – seemingly is a plan at this point is very concerning to me. So these guys, what they're reporting, everything, it's not speculation. They're just reporting what they're hearing and they're potentially being used by one side or the other, like, or things that they're being told they're being told and leaked to on for a reason. So speculation, when you come to that, it isn't right. exactly, well, I guess- but it's, it's, it's information, how accurate that information and the reasonings behind that information being leaked it is questionable, but I mean, you're not, it's not wrong. And the information is ever changing and information from 10 minutes ago is three days old. Like it's just the way it is in the NFL. And it always has been, I mean, scouting opinions from October were out of date in November and so on and so forth. And it goes like that with everything so that's one thing to always remember throughout this process things are always evolving the takes the what's being reported is always evolving because as more and you get more information things change ben johnson was the carolina panthers favorite in december and even january for the start of this process while they flirted around with sean payton a little too much and ben johnson decided he's going to stay in detroit Yep. Dan Quinn was one of the favorites here in Denver, but he decided to stay in put for multiple reasons, including the fact that he wasn't the favorite. So a lot of things change. Last, I mean, even, we can even go back to last year using Dan Quinn as an example. Yep. He was the favorite going into it. He had a bad interview. Nathaniel Hackett had a good interview. Nathaniel Hackett got the job because they weighed, you know, the interview over the resume. So George Fox comes in saying this has been a complete screw up. Another bad year, not good for the owners and the fans. Um, there are still ways they can they can fix this. As I mentioned, maybe they do go back and they revisit Harbaugh. Maybe now they sit there and they make another call to Dan Quinn and be like, hey, we do want you to be our guy. Maybe it'll work. I mean, his ego definitely took a little bit of a hit of not being the guy, which is why he returned. There's still things that they can do to fix it. It's just that they have taken, again, multiple missteps. Jasmine comes in with the $10 donation saying, I'm so annoyed with this organization. Like, can we get something right just for once? Sorry for the negativity, but this is nuts. Well, thank you, Jasmine, for joining us tonight. You thank are, you, I don't recognize you joining us before, so we appreciate that and we appreciate the donation. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I mean, Denver has sucked for years. They've been in a bad spot for multiple years and all fans are just frustrated with it. All fans, we want to return back to the glory days, essentially, of what the Broncos football was, where losing seasons were not commonplace instead of multiple years, basically consecutively. We all want to return back to that, and they just can't seem to get multiple things right. Multiple misses on the quarterback position, multiple head coaching misses, just so much that goes that's going wrong. So it's hard to not be a little bit on the negative side. It really is. And we typically, as as we do here on Dove Valley Deep Divers, we go deep into it and we give nuanced and, and balanced takes for the most part. We try to bring a lot of information to the show. And it just seems like right now there's, with, with the lack of information, with the, the lack of a, a positive direction, like that, it really is so hard to maintain a positive outlook for this franchise right now. Like, like Eric said, Multiple misses on the quarterback. That's just first and foremost. Multiple misses on the head coach. There you go. There's a number two. How about the right tackle position? This team has been looking for a right tackle for who knows how long across multiple different GMs, across two different ownership groups. Well, just real quick, we know how long they've been looking for a right tackle. Ever since they moved Orlando Orlando Franklin from right tackle to left guard. Yep. Yeah, the 2013 season, because that was his last season where he started at, I believe it was left guard for the Broncos that year. So, and they had Lewis Vasquez at right guard. It's it's just been an ongoing, you know what show uh, for since about 2016, ever since Gary uh, Gary Kubiak retired. Something I want to kind of bounce back off to you, and I I, I know that I, I think it's mostly a pipe dream, but I do think that this is probably the best direction that we can go. And I'll, I'll jump to that here in a second. Let me grab this from Phil. Uh, good evening, Lance, Eric, and Deacon Scott. I'm so tired of all the BS. Just hire someone and let's move on. At this point, the, the hiring process, I think, personally needs to restart. And the first place you need to look in is going up to Ann Arbor and, and going to look at Jim Harbaugh again. Try to re-interview him hand him a blank check and say, dude, you, like you're the guy that we always wanted. I know you want to be in Michigan. You're still trying to figure out the, um, the NCAA recruiting violations that you had for taking some dude out for a cheeseburger. And we need you to be our new head coach. You're the direction we wanted to go in to begin with. And we're going to give you pretty much everything that you want. And that's going to essentially reset Except everything power. from the top down. Huh? Except power. And that's what I was just getting ready to say was it's going to reset everything from the top down because George Payton's going to be on the way out. You either hit on D'Amico Ryans or you start this whole process over and you have to wait until after the Super Bowl to do that, which puts your scouting organization in a bind because now you're behind on the senior bowl. You're, you're behind on the shrine game. You're moving into the combine without a head coach at that particular point. Like you've got a long ways to go to then restart this interview process all the way over, which then makes this whole organization organization the whole process that they've gone through in this entire head coaching search look even way worse than it already is the broncos are caught in such a like between such a rock and a hard place right now that that where like where do you find the positivity that jasmine wants to have i don't know where to start i I just don't yeah first thing is i'd say that the issue with the power has nothing to do with george payton that's fair (laughs) it's it's panic And I saw somebody else mention in here in the chat earlier about the Russell Wilson contract and that being a detriment, but how that was the owners and not Peyton. Well, first of all, the Russell Wilson contract and his play last year overall is an issue with the team. It is an issue with multiple candidates and everything like that because they don't want to tie their wagon to this overpaid quarterback 
who looks like he can't play well anymore to where you have to run a very specific style of offense, essentially just to get him to be basically average or slightly better. So that, that, that is definitely an issue. And the whole thing of who gave him the deal. I know it's been reported that, that it was all pushed by the owners. George Payton started negotiating that contract and they had the, the contract negotiated and done before the penners were officially owners. They just waited for it to be signed so that until the owners were official and signed off on the deal. That was it. They started talking a new deal in April of last year and they got it done before training camp started. They got it done before the end of July. So it, it, it was George Payton. It was George Payton's contract. And I'm sure there was insight there, you know, from the owners as well. But George Payton is the one who pushed the most for it to get done while other people wanted to wait until they saw him on the field and George Payton still pushed. So just some clarity there. And what the, I think the biggest issue, it's not with delaying the process. It's not scouting, even though you don't know what scheme they're going to be running or anything like that. You still have your scouts doing the job and they're factoring that in where you hurt, where you hurt with the scouting aspect of it is the coach trying to find their guys, especially if you go and get a guy who is currently in the playoffs that they're not super focused on it. So you don't get you, they they don't get a chance. The coach doesn't get a chance to, you know, see them a little bit at the Senior Bowl at the Shrine Game. Maybe I doubt we'll wait until the combine, but maybe then. The bigger issue is the coaching staff around them, because mm -hmm. the Carolina Panthers, their head coach is done. They're working on building their staff, you know. And then we have other teams like the Dallas Cowboys. They made multiple changes on their defensive side of the ball, even though Dan Quinn's back. A lot of contracts that they're not renewing. They're going to start filling up. Um, I don't know if the – I know the Falcons just hired their new defense coordinator. I don't know if they made any other changes to their defensive staff or not with um, Dan Pease retiring. But mm -hmm. you also have the Arizona Cardinals that they're looking to be on the – rumor has it anyways – on the verge of Sean Payton. Well, if that happens or not, they're on the verge of a new head coach the Indianapolis Colts. So if you have to reset your whole hiring process, that's going to put you really behind in trying to get a coaching staff around them because those guys are going to want the big coaches, the popular coaches, the good coaches on, on their team, on their staff before Denver gets a chance to do it. Yeah. A couple things here. First off, um, Scott, Threw it out there just a second ago here in the chat. Uh, Jerry Rossberg is going to be a 19 game interim head coach. And uh, <laughs> beginning guitar, want to say hello to you. First off, uh, new name here, and wanted to say hello. They already fired uh, Jerry Rossberg. Uh, that's not um, entirely true. They, they did, just, but they, they did, but they didn't. They fired him with the intent that it's his his contract expired. Is is the end yeah. of it? And they said that they're not sure if he's going to be back for the for the new regime. There's a possibility of him potentially coming back. His his contract expired. They didn't necessarily fire him for the most part, but at the same time, yes, Jerry Rossberg. It. I think that that's a long shot. And if you're doing that, you're really bending down on like getting down on bended knee and proposing everything you have to a Jiro Evero and saying, you're the next guy. Rosberg is going to just steady the ship, let you get a little bit more seasoning, let you build out a, a, a better resume, let you build your staff up, get some more connections and stuff like that. That would be the way that I would go in that particular case. Another one here. Uh, we're talking about Broncos country jumped in here and said, uh, we want Mike. And earlier he also said Mike Shanahan. 
there's a report going around, I believe it's from Mike Kliss, um, and I think there's another person as well um, that was saying that there's a mystery candidate. There's They've been keeping in contact with the candidates they've already been talking with, with David Shaw, Jim Caldwell, um, Dan Quinn, until he decided he was going to go back. But there's also another potential candidate out there as well. And a lot of speculation running around Denver right now is that Mike Shanahan would be the potential mystery candidate, maybe even Gary Kubiak. To me, I'm out like all the way out um first off logically it doesn't necessarily make sense because mike shanahan is currently a consultant for his son kyle in san francisco as an offensive consultant helping him devise one of the most creative running games we've seen in the last 15 years in the nfl i don't necessarily know that mike shanahan wants to become a head coach again and if he does why would he want to step on the toes of kyle shanahan and the success that the san francisco 49ers organization is having right now and lastly I don't necessarily want Mike Shanahan because can we stop living in 1995, 1999, 2005? Can we just move on from that, please? Like the, the, we don't have Pat Bowen anymore. Mike Shanahan has been long gone and out of coaching now since 2015 or something like that. He's just been a consultant. He's just been kind of riding behind the scenes and doing his own thing. He's 70 years old. And again, you still have to have a contingency plan for when he does eventually retire. He's not going to coach until he's 90. I promise you guys, it's not going to happen. I like Mike Shanahan. I think that it would be a, at least a great idea to bring him in as a consultant for a young offensive or a young defensive coach that needs a consultant on the offensive side of the football. Same reason I like Jim Caldwell. I'm tired of this Mike Shanahan talk. I just am. I'm sorry. If it was Mike Shanahan, he'd be the second oldest head coach in the NFL behind Bill Belichick. Just only a few weeks older than Pete Carroll. Like, and with how long he's been out of the NFL and the issues that he had towards the end of his time in Denver, like, no. And Gary Kubiak, like, with there being new ownership and a new general manager, maybe there there was a slight falling out there with John Elway there towards the end of that. So maybe that's an option. I know Dave Logan threw out Bill Cower, like, no thanks on that. It's just, it's definitely I, taken a a weird turn with this rumored and supposed mystery candidate. But really, it just seems like more than anything, it's Denver just trying to cover up for themselves for the issues they've had with the past week. And I think talking about them sitting on their butts doing nothing, I think part of that is because amongst the people that are involved in this hiring process, there really has been a split on who they want. And they haven't been able to come to come to an agreement of who they want for second interviews, who they want their finalists to be, like a lot of issues, and it's just leading to a mess. Um, David Kilgore comes in and says, "Would we ever consider a retired coach like Coward, Dungey, or even Gruden? Would we ever look in that direction?" Well, as I was saying, David um, Dave Logan mentioned Bill Cower. Um, Tony Dungey can go away, and Gruden as well. Um, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the Broncos looking at either other way with the current controversies around both of them um, mm -hmm. to be the head coach. So I, I don't expect them, but maybe Dave Logan. Maybe like maybe that's who it is. The thing is, it's mystery mystery candidate that nobody knows, and a lot of people are just throwing names out there. It, I know that this is going to sound crazy, but the best football coach in the state of Colorado right now is Dave Logan. 
And I know that Deion Sanders is there. I'm, I'm mostly just talking to my guy, Dave, because I like Dave a lot. I've spoken to him a couple of different times um, on the radio, and he's always more than generous to give out more, uh, a whole lot of football knowledge. He does have some sources and stuff like that. But the dude just knows how to coach football. It, like It's at the high school level, for sure. It would be like hiring Je- uh, Jeff Saturday, you know, Jim Mercer hiring Jeff Saturday to be the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not necessarily saying that that's like the first guy that I want to uh, – be the head coach of the uh, of the Denver Broncos but he's got the connections he's a very smart football guy he played in the NFL for a long time been around the game for a long time and as our butler jumps in here says Dev Logan is the winningest coach in Colorado high school history they just won like three straight Colorado State championships at Cherry Creek that over the last three seasons it's a hell of a football coach I'm I'm mostly joking here, but like, like if we're just going to throw out speculation, why not at least toss his name into the rink? Like we've already hit, there's precedent here for hiring a, a high school football coach, never coached in the NFL. Jeff Saturday just coached nine games in the NFL. So regardless, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I guess my next question to you would be if, if it was you like running the organization right now, if you had a choice, uh, like in, in a direction that you wanted to go in, where, where are you looking here? Like, cause you've got to assume that Dan Quinn said with a purpose, because this is the guy that Dan Quinn is when he says something, he damn sure means it. He says, I'm going back to the Cowboys. You're hard pressed to pry him away from there. Jim Harbaugh, has been nothing but a waffler back and forth. He's a flip flopper guy that you uh, like he wears, he flip flops more than people wear on the, on the beach in Miami. Like seriously, this guy is just crazy. You don't know what his true intentions is or he wants to stay in um, Michigan from the sound of it. Sean Payton, do you circle back and go in that direction? Or what do you do? In my opinion, you restart this process over and you get Lou Anarumo in here for an interview right as soon as the Super Bowl is over. I mean, you have to you'd have to have expedited new process um if you're gonna start it over and it's difficult because well dan quinn is typically a person of his word one of the big reasons why he decided to return is that he didn't feel like he was wanted and desired enough by denver and then harbaugh he didn't want to wait for how long the process was going to take he wanted some you know something secured there and hey he thought he was going to get a big deal with michigan you know a new deal went back with them hasn't happened yet a lot of it a lot of rumors around it is because of the issues of the violations there the recruiting violations that they're hesitant to push that to give him that retirement i'd i'd give harbaugh a call i'd say it's like hey we want you like no more no more bs like we're not going to interview other guys you are the guy you want do do you accept like that's that's what it is i mean got to give him some kind of power about it while not giving up too much that penner wants on so you got to fig you got to figure that out there if that doesn't work then i mean you just roll with one of the guys as a short-term one-year stopgap and you make it clear that they're just a one-year stopgap because guess what after this year if Russell Wilson doesn't play up to it, Russell Wilson's gone. George Payton's most likely gone at the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. Like you can make those changes, and guess what? That's going to make the job a lot more attractive. If you fail with Russell Wilson to where the point he's gone, you're probably going to be having a decently high pick, maybe even top five as Denver d- had this year, to sit there and and work with. 
in a pretty strong quarterback class that from the looks of it. Yeah. So this year, the Jabronka's job is extremely lackluster and not enticing whatsoever. Next year, it becomes a lot more so, especially yeah. if you do make the move of moving on from Wilson and moving on from Peyton. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with your last point on that. Um, it, it's not necessarily very enticing. There are a couple of very redeeming qualities for this for this roster, at least. You've, you've got a mostly ready-built defense. you got to make a decision on Draymond Jones and whether you're going to franchise tag him, extend him. I don't think franchise tag is probably the best way to go just because I don't know that I value Draymond Jones as highly as some other people do. Um, I would just try to get him as a – and I'm not taking a shot at you, Eric, on that. I know that you value Draymond Jones very highly. I don't know that the franchise tag is the best way to go with that. I just try to extend him long-term because so, what's the franchise tag for inter-defensive linemen right now? $17, $18 million, I think. It's like, it's like, it's like 19 point something or just over 20. It's, yeah, right, it's, it's right around 20, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but is Draymond, um, Jones, is Draymond Jones worth that? And, and let, let me – No. That, real quick. Let, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Real quick, because I, I want to respond to that, but Mike Ronco says, I'm disappointed in the Broncos ownership group not doing enough work on other NFL teams, coaching staffs, interview, and see what they think about the Denver Broncos organization. I agree. And yeah. the whole the whole title of this thing came spawned more so from the fact that they didn't want to interview certain coaches because they felt they were favorites for other jobs and they really limited their exposure of to first time potential or potential first time head coaches because they didn't want another one. That is where this is issue is. And you know what? They interviewed D'Amico Ryans. He wasn't viewed as a serious candidate. He came and blew them away. Maybe Shane Steichen. Maybe maybe all Lou would be that. And I saw somebody said that, that, that Lou doesn't want to stay in Cincinnati. If somebody approached Lou about a head coaching job, at the very least, he'll interview. Mm-hmm. You don't there's only 32 NFL head coaching jobs there out there, and you don't typically you don't always turn them around. I mean, he's a very well-established defensive coordinator, but he they're taking that next step. That's definitely something there. Mm-hmm. So I definitely – I'm with you, Michael. I've been disappointed in this process, and I've been disappointed about – but not unsurprised about how the Broncos have been um, and media around the Broncos have been talking about how good this process has been. As for Draymond Jones, do I think he's worth the franchise tag? No. Do I think he's worth keeping around on this roster? Yes. yes, and I don't think you can run on this roster without franchise tagging him. I think people are underselling the trade of Bradley Chubb and the effect it had on Draymond Jones and his lack of desire to stick with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. You franchise tag him because that's the way you're keeping him. And then maybe you can work a deal out or have him play on the franchise tag and see if he becomes worth that. Or you franchise tag him and you trade him. But I don't think that you're you're not letting him at the free agent market you're not letting him you're just not letting him go and i don't think right. you're getting an extension outside of that so scott just posted it in here he says the franchise tag right now would be at 25.2 million dollars not for me no thank you he's about 12 to 15 millions for me uh, that's that's about where i'm at i would like 13 14 15 million dollars a season i think you could probably get a deal done for him and actually have it be a palatable um a, a palatable deal um the the thing is with me is when you throw a franchise tag around and you and you slap that amount of money to a player for this season, and it's a fully guaranteed deal. If he signs that deal, you're paying him that much. If you want to have the opportunity of extending him long-term after that that first year guaranteed money, that's the starting point. You're, you're saying, I'm worth $25 million a year right now. Like, 
here we go. This is what or 19, whatever the hell the number is. Like you're saying, I'm worth $19 million a season. That's what you say I'm worth because that's what you were willing to pay me based on one deal. Can you then turn around and say, well, you're worth $19 million for us this season, but then over the next four seasons on the on the terms of your extension, you're only worth 13 to us. A player is not going to have that. No, you're saying you're I'm worth $19 million a season. That's what I want on an average per year annual basis. That's how just smart negotiating goes. If you do it franchise tag him, you don't find a, a trade partner for him. Um, it, it's it's impossible to move on from a guy like that because on a franchise tag, and Eric, you might have to correct me on this. So I'm going to say something. I, I know this was the case a while ago. The exclusive franchise tag was if you wanted to trade that player, it was a first round pick that had to come out of that deal or at least the equivalent value of a first round pick. It and, was signing them, trying to sign them. Okay. Okay. Um, regardless. So, so you're, you're talking about trading a Draymond Jones on a franchise tag and now the other team has to incur that you're not getting a, a second round pick for Draymond Jones. You're just not getting it. You might get a third round pick maybe for a player of his caliber. And I like Draymond. I think he is a, an up and coming player. It's going to be interesting to see what this scheme change moves moving forward looks like, because if you're going to a more four down defensive alignment where you have Draymond Jones playing as a, a five technique defensive end, I think there's some incredible value there, especially in it, with his ability to, in the running game and also as a, a secondary pass rusher coming off the edge like that. But you're not paying $20 million for a guy like that. You're just not going to do it. So, Again, Broncos are caught in a, between a rock and a hard place on a critical decision that they have to make before the beginning of uh, free agency in the middle of March. I, I don't know where you go in this particular situation. I just don't. Uh, Eric Weber, and notice the, the notice the spelling on this here, sir. Eric with a CK <laughs> automatically jumps up uh, regardless of the take in, in Eric Trickles. But good evening, Broncos country. Is it just me or does anybody else smell like – Crappy cronyism higher coming with one of the famous choices. Right. So I'll read, Did I break I'm up read there? this real quick. Yeah. So Eric Weber, evening Broncos country. Is it just me or does anyone else smell a crappy cronyism higher coming with one of the lamest choices possible in Shaw? Well, Lance will have issue with the fact that you refer to Shaw as one of the lamest choices possible. Um, but first of all, Eric. Eric, I mean, as Lance said, you jump way up in my book. You spell the name the your name the right way, and the only way that it should ever be spelled. Plus, you kind of crap on Shaw there a little bit. I said last week Shaw is the second worst among all teams, among all teams and who they interviewed. Shaw is the second least qualified coach for an NFL head coaching position. And I stand by that. And there's lots of reasons why about it. But there's a rumor going around that Shaw has potentially pulled his name out of the Broncos' consideration. Nothing confirmed there on that or anything. Just, just something that's po that's possibly worth keeping an eye on. But I mean, it makes a lot of sense that he he's their backup choice, and that's always what things have hinted at for the last few weeks. Is that Shaw was the backup? Shaw was the backup for the big three. Shaw was the backup then for Ryan. Shaw's the backup. So that that seems to be um, how things are. It is a little bit. So definitely possible, definitely something to keep an eye on and definitely a issue with that. Um, now, going back to what you're talking about with Draymond Jones, first of all, um, when you franchise tag him, 
and you trade him, he's not stuck on that franchise tag. They can then offer him to an, an extension. Right. Yes. So yes. it's not that you're not trading him and they're, they're not stuck paying him $20 million and you could sit here and let him have more of a voice on where he wants to go, which could help improve, you know, the willingness to go there and willingness to take a little bit less. Second of all, it's not my money. I'm not going to complain about $20 million for Draymond Jones when I view him worth about $15 million. I'm not. Not for one year. And it's not going to affect future negotiations because the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-now league. If he goes out there and he kills it, then yes, that franchise tag number is the starting point. Which, if he goes out there and he kills it to where, be worth to, where that's the starting point, fine by me, then you extend him from that point. If he goes out there and fails, he knows he's lost value. Mm-hmm. his agents know he's lost value that's not going to be the starting point up there so talking about a year from now if you franchise tag him is a bit rough because we just don't know what he's going to do as for playing him as a five tech defensive end that's what he's been right. doing you move him around i've seen i see this a lot mm-hmm. and everything and and a couple reporters have played it up there's not a significant difference between a three four defense and a four three defense up front there are some changes to your run fits but the one of the biggest differences and what drives me nuts about this is people talk about it. It doesn't bring about a significant difference about what your pass rushers are doing. The biggest difference is one of your stand-up rush linebackers now has their hand in their dirt. And instead mm-hmm. of two rush linebackers, you have one and you're putting in another third third linebacker that's more of a coverage run defender kind of guy who can also get after the quarterback. It opens up a little bit more versatility with somebody like Baron Browning to where instead of consistently putting him as a pass rusher, you can let him be a little bit more of this hybrid. You know, everybody talks about how he's a poor man's Micah Parsons. Well, everybody's a poor man, Micah Parsons now. I've heard it about 10 different prospects in this draft. <laughs> Something I, I, that's a whole other point to make. I was going to say Drew Sanders, man. <laughs> it, it doesn't make a significant enough a difference to be held up on a 3 4 or 4 3 defense. You have right. DJ Jones, you have, you can bring back Mike Purcell. Draymond Jones, you can still use him as a defensive end in that front. You can move him inside as a three tech. You can shift your balance on your off on your defensive line a little bit and have a zero technique, a five technique, a and two other a three technique and a seven technique. You can shift the balance on your offensive line. It does not. It is not a super huge holdup for me right. with where you play Draymond Jones. We saw him stand up and play a wide nine technique this season, yeah. and he killed it. Yeah. So like. Yeah. Draymond Jones has shown the versatility to move all over, which does give him a slight boost for me. Right? Is he still worth that twenty million franchise tag? No. Right. And, and I, 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 yes. I, I don't want to necessarily say like like primarily focusing him as that five technique or seven technique or even the wide nine, because I, I know that he. I guess what I was trying to say was they they do move him inside, and he he will play the three tech. He will play a little bit inside two I sometimes, and they'll just kind of move him all over that that the uh, the defensive line because you still have the outside linebackers that you do have with your run fits into three, four defense. You like, that's, I agree with you on that. To me, like if you're moving to a strictly more four down defensive line front, then you want him to play as that seven technique, five technique defensive end in a four, three alignment, hand in the dirt. We're on the same page. Apologies for that. Deanna jumping in here, another generous super chat. And Deanna is a obviously a, a major super chat superstar here for DVDD. Uh, Broncos ownership has messed this process up since day one. I'm frustrated and sick of hearing all the great coaches that we lost and now are down to just more BS and candidates that will uh, be okay for short term. Hashtag disgusted. You're, you're right there with both Eric and I. 
uh, and a lot of, I'm guessing probably 90% of Broncos country, if not 99% of Broncos country that like you've got a, a, a small tick of people that are out there. It's like, I don't care who they hire, just make it the right guy. Well, who is that right guy? And as of right now, all the right guys are either turning down the Broncos or pulling their names out of the ring, regardless of whatever coaching job it is. It is frustrating. It, 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 I'm, I'm tired of it as well. I was, I was speaking with my dad um, last night there for a little bit because I was kind of relaying some of the news about D'Amico Ryan's being the, 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 the front runner for the position. This was 24 hours ago. I was texting my dad about it. And he's like, I'm tired of the the first time head coaches that don't have experience. I, like, I, like I'm tired of this. They've they've already messed up this process by not pay, taking the big swing that they needed to take on Harbaugh. That was the guy that my dad wanted to have. Was the guy I wanted to have. Eric, I'm fairly certain he was the guy that you had your pre, your uh, your sight set on as the the primary option here. They they've bungled up the the Sean Payton deal through his help as well. Dan Quinn has pulled his name out. It's just it's over and over and over again it seems like the broncos just continue to fall into the laughing stock of the nfl and here soon it's going to be at this point like deanna says you're you're hiring a a consolation prize whether it's jerry rossberg david shaw jim caldwell and in a year we're back here having another coaching discussion on who's going to be the next head coach and what do they got to do to find and fix this quarterback position i'm predicting it right now that's what's going to end up happening and I, I hate to say that. I really do. I, I, I don't want it to be that way. I want them to circle back and go get Harbaugh. But with the news and reports that we're getting over the last 24 hours and how everything has changed, we're going to be a lame duck coach away from having this conversation next year, eating $50 million in cap space as a June 1st uh, cut Russell Wilson and trying to figure out who they're going to spend their top five draft pick on. That's how this conversation is going to go a year from today. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be. Um, Lawrence Rivera comes in saying, I told you guys these three owners would suck. Now Condoleezza Rice is in charge. Um, a lot more than three owners. Um, Condoleezza Rice actually has experience working in the football field, mm-hmm. um, but she's not the one in charge. Um, Greg Penner. It's there, there's a lot of stuff there about it that Greg Penner, it, this is essentially his team. Like, Rob Walton's being very hands-off, and I think the better way to look at it is that essentially Rob Walton was kind of a financial backer for his son-in-law. Um, so that's something. And then talking about, real quick before we get out of here, talking about opening the can- the thing back up um, and starting the interview process, I wanted to mention this earlier, but I forgot about it. Scott mentioned it. He meant to talk to me about it pre- uh, pre-show. Steve Wilkes, like if you're opening back up on it, that is one guy, and Willie Little is the one who reminded me of that. There was all the hesitancy there. I could understand a little bit because Carolina was playing, not necessarily playing their cards close to their chest, but they wanted to see if he was going to be their head coach. And if not, if they could retain him as bring him back as their defensive coordinator. Well, now you know he's gone. He's already shut down, and he's filing a lawsuit against the Carolina. The, oh, there's a lawsuit being filed against the Carolina Panthers over this, um, using the fact that Frank Reich's daughter is employed was employed by the Panthers January, I believe, it was like January eighth or ninth, and potentially that playing a factor as to why Frank Reich got the job, among other things. For it, I take a look his way. He's one of a few guys that I would, um, and I know that a lot of people are going to bring up his first time as a head coach and how miserably he failed there 
but it's a lot of ability to you know still grow and i think that's something that that often gets a um gets overlooked is that these coaches that fail on the first time a lot of them do grow and get better and if, and they got to show it steve wilkes showed a lot of his growth with what he was able to do with the carolina panthers after he was named the interim so he's definitely one of them um the Bengals defensive coordinator he's another one of them yeah. and if jonathan gannon really was the best interview last year for the broncos go ahead and bring him back in and see what he is. He's got experience in the scouting aspect of it. So that's another guy there. And that is if D'Amico Ryans is. I wouldn't lay down and become a doormat for the Texans and just let D'Amico Ryans go. I would keep fighting there as well. Yeah. But you can do more thing more than you can do other things as part of that as well. Yeah. Michael Ronquillo jumping in here last second here, guys. Uh, great show tonight. Lance and Eric on Dove Valley Deep Divers. Go Broncos. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate you as always. Um, I want to piggyback a little bit onto that, Eric. Um, I think if you do reopen the coaching search, you have to go pretty much to every candidate that's in the um, in, in the coaching cycle right now that's unavailable to interview because you can't talk to a lot of these guys until after the Super Bowl. Brian Callahan, who the Broncos talked to last year, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals. John Gannon and Shane Steichen, both the coordinators for the Philadelphia Eagles. Steve Wilkes would be a great candidate to interview as well. Um, uh, the offensive coordinator for the 49ers that I don't think is probably going to get an interview, but there's a, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head right now. Um, there, like You have to broaden this search again. And the uh, the guys that you haven't spoken to, maybe you can talk to Ben Johnson as well, the the offensive coordinator from Detroit. There's a handful of guys out there that are still really like high quality options that you can potentially fall back on. But you're again, like we said earlier, and like I'm going to say right now, you have to wait until after the Super Bowl to even begin to try the interview process over again. Right now, it's D'Amico Ryan's or a handful of question marks. They cannot give up right now. They really have to make another sales pitch to D'Amico Ryan's beginning on Monday as, or as soon as they possibly can get him into Denver for an interview. Whether the 49ers win the, uh, win the NFC Championship game or not, they can at least talk to D'Amico Ryan's again starting next week. And to me, you have to make that pitch and you have to finalize this deal and get it done. Because outside of that, you're in, you're in a world of hurt and – the, the the speculation, the rumors, the the criticism, um, everything bad about this organization is only going to get magnified even further until they figure out this coaching search. Yeah, and I mean, the least you can do is say no, or as they say no. You can ask, they say no. Doesn't happen often because there's only 32 head coaching jobs out there. Yep. Um, you mentioned, I think the only ones I disagree with is the, is the 49ers. They don't have an offensive coordinator. They have a run game coordinator and a pass game coordinator. Bobby right, Slowick right. and Chris Forrester. Those are the two guys that I don't think are worth giving an interview for a head coaching job. I think they're good at what they do, but not take that step for it. Right. But they're the only. They're the only. They're the only two of all the teams that are there. Well, Chiefs are a little bit different. Eric B is essentially, you know, not actually a candidate for him. I know they talked to him last year, but there's a lot of issues there. And there's issues that even the Chiefs kind of want him gone, even if it's an offense coordinator position. They want him gone. Um, you may have mentioned it, but I didn't hear it. Kafka. Like, he is oh, a hot yeah. name out there. Mm -hmm. Go look his way. I mean, look at what he and Dabble were able to do with Daniel Jones. I'd, I'd, be, consider, I'd be interested in seeing what he can do. 
Yeah. Um, I think he is a better candidate next year than he is this year with another right. year of seasoning on him. But it's still worth taking that look and expanding it because maybe he comes in and he blows you away like D'Amico Ryan said. Yeah. Like, you can't be Denver from the start. They severely limited their head coaching search. Um, limiting your coaching search by offensive or defensive side of the ball or experienced or not experienced is just stupid. Um, I, I just, hate that. Just, just have, cast a cast a wide net. Like, mm-hmm. throw out there. I don't care if you interview 32 people or what. Limiting it to only eight for the reasons you do is just it's a bad process and maybe the results are not good, but the process was bad. Yeah. I'm with you on Mike Kafka. I think that would be a a really great interview for them to have. Uh, Maybe Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Hell, Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, who has head coaching experience for like six years at the Minnesota Vikings. Like there there are guys you can go out and talk to that you really, really desperately need to. And I want to go back to your – first things first, Eric Weber jumping in here saying, I uh, hope you're right, Lance, that they make a real push to land D'Amico Ryans. That's the guy to me right now. Um, after, after talking with you, listening to a bunch of different podcasts, a bunch of different interviews and stuff over the last 24 hours, really kind of sold myself on D'Amico Ryans. I think that he would be a really good get for this Broncos organization in terms of his leadership ability, maybe not the X's and O's and stuff like that, but he's a former player that has not been retired very long. He's only been coaching in the NFL for, I think four or five seasons or something like that. He's 36, 37 years old. He's played with a bunch of these guys that are currently in the NFL. He understands the game. That to me is the guy that I'm going to, that I really want them to, uh, to look at and, and make that push for. But my last point here before we get out of here is it, it goes back to what you were saying, limiting your coaching search. I don't give a damn if he coaches on the offensive side of the football. I don't give a damn if he coaches on the defensive side of the football. I don't care if he's been in the NFL for 45 years. We just saw what happened with Vic Fangio, and that wasn't very good. I don't give a damn if he's never been a first-time head coach. What I do care about is the right guy. And you have to do everything that you can to find the right guy. And it doesn't matter whether he's offense, defense, experience, inexperienced. does not matter. So long as you have vetted the process and done everything you possibly can and explored as many different candidates that you possibly can and you find the right guy, the head coach, not the offensive coordinator with the head coach title. That yeah. is that is the very true thing that this that it all boils down to. So yeah. to, that's that's that conversation pretty much ends in my opinion. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Leslie Frazier here. He needs to be fired from the bill. He sucks as defensive coordinator. Yet his defense was fourth last year. They were or first last year, fourth this year. They were seventh a couple a few years ago. Twelfth was the was the lowest. And I know Sean McDermott, you know, is there and it's Sean McDermott's defense, but Leslie Frazier is the play caller and the one who oversees it. Sean McDermott is extremely hands-off when it comes to that defense outside of it being his scheme. Mm-hmm. So he is a really good defensive coordinator. He has the respect of his players. That's Leslie Frazier. Like, yeah. And sure, he's had his defense has had collapses. Every defense has collapses. Does Edgero Evero suck now because he his defense has collapsed a few times this year? It happens, especially yeah. when you're going against some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Leslie Frazier is a good coach. 
and he yeah. should be considered for it. Yes, Anyways, we got to get out of here. But before we do, I just want to say thank you to everybody who contributed to this. John Juno, Slade, Rock Chalk, um, George Fox, Jasmine, David Kilgore, Phil, Michael Ronquillo, Eric Weber, Deon, Deanna Hendry. All of you, thank you so much for your guys' donations and your guys' support. Every single week, a lot of you guys are here contributing every single show as well. We can't tell you, we can't express to you enough how much that means to us because you guys really do make it so that I can do this full time and sit here and like my gratitude towards you. I, I can't express it properly in words. Um, so thank you guys so much for that. And you're always, always and forever for your guys' support. Yeah, without you guys' support, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover the Denver Broncos. And with that, guys, we're going to say goodbye, uh, good night, have a great rest of your weekend, stay safe, and take care. And as always, go Broncos. First things first, though, make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions for us, at SandersonMHH, at Eric Trickle, and also shout-out to Scott Kennedy behind the glass running the ones and twos. We'll see you guys uh, same time, same place next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.